How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. I'm going to try to be proportionate in my response to what I heard on this station today. And not just on this station. Just I, I saw it on social media. I saw it on uh, other people's shows, other people's outlets. This just reaction about this, this Browns game. And like, here, me, Nick Wilson, like an idiot. I'm like, that's Deshaun versus Joe Burrow. It's the first time in their NFL careers these two guys are going to match up. All right? It's two guys who, uh, well, okay, one guy who won the Heisman, one guy who should have won the Heisman, if we're being honest about him, Deshaun Watson, but national championship winning quarterbacks from college football. All right? This could be the beginning of a truly great and special rivalry. And when I turned on the radio, when I paid attention to other people's opinion on this game, I was met with all the love and warmth and support of a wet fart. Like, did I miss something? Have the Cleveland Browns not won two straight games? Have the Cleveland Browns not had the Cincinnati Bengals number? Because, guys, the rest of Cleveland media put me in a position to be in complete agreement with Ken Carmen. And I don't think Ken's comfortable with that, and I don't think I'm comfortable with that. We usually tend to be on the opposite sides of arguments. But here I am. And, and everybody, I heard Daryl Ryder today act like Ken was selling a fight. Because Ken was like, oh, I'm intrigued by this game. I'm excited to see what happens. <laughs> okay. Lima. Doing the Lima thing that he does. Doing that cabal thing. Looking down on Ken for not just being like, they suck. Season's over. Just move the team to Baltimore. Is everybody okay? Is there, is there a, is, instead of an, uh, uh instead of the, the coronavirus, is there a new airborne, uh, airborne virus of people just being a-holes? Did I miss something? This is like the most intriguing game. This game has real implications for both teams. As a matter of fact, so does the other game in the AFC North with, in a weird way, there's really a, either a no-win or a no-lose situation if you're the Cleveland Browns because you've got the Ravens against the Steelers this weekend. If the Ravens win, well, they're... That's one more win for them in the win column. That puts a little distance between you and them or keeps the same distance even if you win. 
And if the Steelers win, well, that's another team you're competing for for a wild card spot. But man, I got to tell you, the the lack of buzz for people that are interested in this game. Well, you know, the Bengals got CJ, or it's DJ, DJ Reader back. Well, the, the Bengals got Jamar Chase. He wasn't here on Monday Night Football. Listen, were there some things that led to that blowout being one of the biggest blowouts in Browns and Bengals history? Yes. Are those things no longer the case? Absolutely. You know what's also no longer the case? The uh, Who's starting at quarterback for the Cleveland Browns? And it it is like I'm having trouble deciphering whether people's thoughts on this game are about the, the Browns being kind of the underdog in this game. Right, the fact that the Browns are five and seven, and that you know, in, in, unless they win this game, or rather, until they win this game, nobody's really going to start really talking about the P word in Cleveland. Maybe that's it. Maybe it's a long playoff odds. So we've started to do that uh, that December thing where we check out on the Browns because we don't think they're going to the playoffs. Maybe that's a thing that's happening across. Uh, you know, I guarantee in Las Vegas right now, after last night losing the way they did to John. Uh, sorry, I almost said, I almost called him Johnny Manziel, a uh, Baker Mayfield. Uh, I guarantee you, people have tuned out in Las Vegas. What's going on with the Knights? How are the Knights playing these days? Should we go enjoy the fruits of legalized prostitution and legalized gambling? That's where people are in Las Vegas today. Because they saw their playoff hopes squashed last night by Baker Mayfield on the last-minute throw. Pretty nice throw, by the way. I, I know, I'm not, allowed to, I'm not allowed to say anything nice about Johnny Manziel. I, I did it again! I should have never made that correlation on air yesterday because I don't think they're anything alike. However, I know you can't say anything like even close to nice about uh, Baker because that makes you a Baker bro, right? And then if you have any sort of realistic take on Baker, uh, you, you're just a Baker hater because that's where we are. Baker, you are, you, you're now one of two people. There's, you, there's no Switzerland with Baker Mayfield. In Las Vegas, they're checking out. They're doing that thing. So I don't know. Is this about, is the lack of buzz for this game, is this about the Browns, the, the hole that the Browns still find themselves in? Because I kind of think that should be negated by the last two wins. Are the Texans, but, yep, but you beat them. You could have lost to them. Are the Buccaneers, not great, Bob? Yep, but you did beat them. Or is this about Deshaun Watson's play against Houston? Because, listen, I, I tried yesterday when we started the show, right before Dusty joined the show, what did I say? What's the bare minimum you need from Deshaun Watson? And the biggest things to me were not, I'm going to need 350 yards, I'm going to need seven touchdowns, I'm going to need Deshaun Watson to, to look like he's vintage Deshaun Watson. That's unrealistic. It's quite infuriating that two games into Deshaun Watson's Browns career, I, I can't just be over the moon and have unrealistic expectations about his play. But for my own sanity, I can't come out here and be like, ah, you know what, 300, 300 yards, five touchdowns, that should do it for the Browns if Deshaun just does that. Yesterday was about what's the bare minimum. And I think this idea, like, I, I think we should be comfortable with Deshaun Watson going forward, living in I don't know land. Because I don't know how he's going to look on Sunday. 
I don't know if now that he's he's removed from one week removed from the emotions of last week, I don't know if all of a sudden that's going to give him a, a leg up. I don't know if those the three practices he had this week, I don't know how much, or the extra work he's done with the receivers, I don't know how much better that's going to make him. I don't know. I don't know if all of a sudden we're going to see a different quarterback mechanically. But here's the thing. The thing that really drives me crazy is people forget that sometimes a quarterback doesn't just have to play well just for you to win. Sometimes the threat of a quarterback in what a quarterback can do gives you a better chance of winning. The threat, when, when we're talking about uh, defense is trying to defend against the Browns, it is tougher to slow them down in this game than it was against the Bengals back in Monday Night Football at the end of, August, or at the end of October. Because of the, the threat of what Deshaun Watson represents. Do I know if he, can, if he can actually put together five straight completions or if we can see more of those great kind of improvised passes, shovel pass to Anthony Schwartz, that if that dodo didn't drop the ball would have been a really great play? Nope, don't know. But the threat of Deshaun Watson is something that absolutely does matter. Lou Anarumo, the defensive coordinator for the Bengals, is trying to figure out if they put Nick Chubb and Deshaun Watson, and hell, if they even do it with Kareem Hunt in the same backfield, what are we going to do? How do we defend the RPO? That is an advantage going into this game. In the same way that it's really tough to eat, Joe Burrow could get sacked five times in this game. Joe Burrow could be reduced to a, a quivering, puddling mass. Mass? Puddle? So one of those. He could be. You still have to prepare for what Joe Burrow can do which is he can run a pretty damn good offense. He can kind of pick you apart and he can kind of just I, I, he can make big plays, so don't take it that way. But he can kind of just systemically pick you apart. That's the threat of Joe Burrow beyond what you get on the field. So where is the buzz for this game? And I listen, if you say to, if you're telling me right now on social media at Nick Wilson says, that's on Twitter and Instagram if you want to follow, go ahead and follow. But if you're telling me on Twitter right now, hey, I got to see him win this kind of game. Yep, that's fair. It's a huge game. It's a huge game for Kevin Stefanski. It's a huge game for Deshaun Watson. I've said this week, I think this is the kind of game that can start building a lore for a player. Right? A week removed from looking like doo-doo against the Texans, if you go out there against the Bengals and you ball out and all of a sudden you're 6-7 and seven, and now you've won X amount of games in your division, yes, these things matter. You'd be 3-1 and one in the division at that point. And all of a sudden we'd be able to start uh, enjoying the fruits of trading for Deshaun Watson on the field instead of dealing with the rotten fruit that we've had to deal both in the press and off the field. It's a huge game for Deshaun Watson. And you know what? I think it's a huge game for the roster. Because there is some momentum. You have won two straight games no matter how easy they are to disqualify. And I'm not I'm gonna tell you right here, I'm not selling a fight. This is not because one of the one of my least favorite things are it's so easy to come out and say they have no chance to win because, well, look at history. Or well, they have some chance to win because uh, it's football and a given Sunday. No. The Browns have a chance to compete and make this game a really interesting game. The Bengals are a very good team. The Bengals are playing and maybe one of the hottest teams in the NFL. They're also a team 
that you've had a lot of success against. They're also a team with a quarterback with a style of play and a head coach that just seems to want to be taken by the Browns. His refusal to run the damn ball against his defense, his refusal to to send any help the way of the left side of the line against Miles Garrett. This game's winnable, and yet all it seems that I hear is a requiem for this season. It's not over. Not yet. I put the poll out there. You can take our poll at Nick Wilson says on Twitter whether you guys believe the Browns have a real chance of, of winning this. And and this happens on Twitter. And by the way, Twitter reactions brought to you by Scheiben Jewelers, Cleveland's premier jewelry store. I've had a few people respond. Oh, do you think they don't? No, I I, I put it up there because I can't believe the amount of people that are acting like the Bengals are going to roll over the Browns and it's a foregone conclusion. I even kind of joked about it on social media and I immediately got a text from Adam the Bull saying, you don't really, uh, let me, you don't really think they're going to win, do you? That's Adam. And uh, I was like, uh, do I think that they have a chance to win? Yes. Do I think that they have dusted uh, Zach Taylor's fanny for most of his NFL head coaching career? Yes. Do I think that Nick Chubb and Deshaun Watson in the same backfield should give you a chance to win? Yes. Do I think that Zach Taylor is an absolute dodo who's never double teamed or, sorry, very rarely double teamed Miles Garrett and that has led to Joe Burrow getting destroyed? Yes. Right now, 61% of people saying yes, they are giving the Browns a real chance to to beat the Bengals on Sunday. 39% of people saying no, 130 votes in. If you are one of the no, I just want to hear why. I promise you this is a safe place. I might be grumpy with other people in the media, but I will be tender to you if you call in 216-578-0092 and tell me why you think the Browns don't have a real chance to win this game. Because I honestly can't figure it out. that We're the same bunch of folks who spent 2016 and 2017 going, you know, I think the Browns are, uh, eh, they're 0-13, but they're due. I think this is finally the week that, uh, I think it's finally the week that Johnny Manziel really pulls it out of crapper and gets a win. We did that forever. These are not, this is not the 0-17 Browns. 16. What I meant was I crossed up 2017 and 0-16. Little portmanteau there. These are not the cra- Do I trust them? Hell no. Do I still wonder about their motivation and their makeup and whether they have enough? Uh, do I wonder what uh, Sione Takitaki's absence is going to, to mean to them? Yes. But I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that they're going to lose this game, and I'm excited for the game. And I realize what a dangerous position it is to be, to be excited about a Browns game with the way the last two seasons have gone. But there was something I I did want to play from you guys. Kevin Stefanski had a thought on what he's seen from Deshaun Watson's mechanics. If you guys didn't hear Deshaun yesterday, Deshaun came out and said he felt like mechanically that was kind of a a big part of his struggles last week against the Texans. Here's what Kevin had to say about Deshaun's uh, mechanics from last week. 
we talked about all those type of things really post game Monday and what happens is any game you look at it and here's what you would do differently Here, here's a correction that you can make for alignment here's a six inch step that we need you to take so it's all those type of things that you work on post game and that's part of playing this game is, is doing something making a correction then making sure that you work on it the next week and that to me is the biggest reason I'm tempering my expectations for Deshaun in this game. It might come to pass that Deshaun has to win them the game. And that is something that I wonder. Like, how likely is it that if the Browns need Deshaun to win them the game, not Nick Chubb, not Miles, not the rest of this team, but how likely is it is that, that, that Deshaun can make the plays when necessary? I think that's a fair question. I'm I'm also not assuming the answer is he won't be able to. Coop, welcome to the show, buddy. What you got for us? All right. Well, the th- so my hesitation on it is, okay, we push it in on them on Halloween. We do great. We have the bye. Cleveland's feeling good, feeling juice coming out of the bye. We're ready. Go down to Miami and totally lay a duck, mm-hmm. okay? Now, I'm hoping Deshaun does knock off this rust because I think he – I still believe we have a top-ten quarterback in there. He showed he showed a couple flashes of him coming back, but man, I just fool me once, right? No, you will not do it to me again. I hope the guy I call on Monday and they they prove me wrong. But I am not putting my eggs in this basket until they prove to me otherwise. That's all I got. Have a good night. All right, Coop. We appreciate it. Um, I mean, I kind of understand that. I think I think for a lot of people, I think. All right, I'm going to speak in a generality. I don't mean to speak for everybody. I'm just talking about the conversations I've had. In the last four games, a lot of the people that I've talked with about the Browns who are cynical about their chances to win on Sunday, they they kind of have a through line with Coop there that it's that they believe the Dolphins and Bills games are a better reflection of who the Browns are right now than the Buccaneers and Texans. And I get that. I don't think I've been as disappointed in a Browns team with the way they got the living crap kicked out of them against Miami. But that is ignoring two wins. That is ignoring that while Jamar Chase is back, you've got David Njoku back. While uh, Jamar Chase is back, well, sorry, while DJ Reader's back, you've got Denzel Ward back and healthy. And oh, by the way, MJ Emerson is really coming to his own here. Like, the strongest parts of Cincinnati's offense, and I think the offense really does, like almost uh, almost like kind of the way with the Browns, the offense had to do a lot of the heavy lifting uh, with, uh, or sorry, strike that and reverse it. Almost like when the Browns' offense was vibing with Baker, you saw the best defensive performances because it, I, it was infectious. I kind of feel that way about Cincinnati. So if you can slow down Joe Burrow, and that's a big, tall task, I know. Jamar Chase, uh, Tyler Boyd, Hayden Hurst, T. Higgins, if you can slow them down and you do have the secondary is playing well, all of a sudden, I don't think their defense plays as well. There are uh, My point is not guarantee a victory, although I might get irritated enough about people not giving them a chance that I might do that out of spite. I've been known to, to to pick spite in my life. But there are plenty of valid reasons to think this is going to be a hell of a game and that even if the Browns don't win, there could be a lot of positive things to come out of here. And guys, if, you, if you're as surprised as I am that I'm feeling a little bit rosy about the Browns on a football Friday, yes, 
But the reality is there are some positives, and the reality is there's a decent chance Deshaun Watson looks better. How much better? I don't really know. Adam, welcome to the show, buddy. Hi. Yeah, I want to support your point of view. Uh, the critical thing is, has Cincinnati presented an answer for Mr. Miles Garrett? Miles Garrett's the one that takes over those games and wins those games. We beat him with Baker and Jacoby, and Miles was a critical point. So until Cincinnati has an answer for them, I like our chances, bro. Yeah, I, and you know what? I think that's a really great point, and I thank you for the call, Adam. And not just because you agreed with me, although I really do like when people agree with me. Uh, I think another Cincinnati's treatment of, of Miles Garrett is befuddling to me. Um, and I'm going to try not to just rant about it because it's, 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 it's stupid to me. Um, if you go back to that Monday night football game, look how many times they either send action to the left side, and they have started to use actually uh, movement more. I, I think I think Nathan Zagura said that this morning. Um, they have they have used motion more uh, since the Browns dusted them on on Monday Night Football. But how many times they tried doubling Miles Garrett? How many times they've they've sent a chip to Miles? They really didn't do that hardly at all on Monday Night Football. And when I did go back and look at it, they haven't done a lot of that at all. Just playing against Miles. The, of all the games that I've watched here recently, I I think they might have paid less attention to Miles Garrett than just about anybody. They've just been content to, we're going to let Miles go out on an island against their left tackle, and I think we know how that's going to work out. Mike, welcome to the show, buddy. What you got? Hey, I'll be brief. The Deshaun Watson that we have now is not the Deshaun Watson of three years ago. That's fair. And he's never he's never going to be. He's a different guy. He's been through too much. That's all I got. I don't know how anyone can say that. Like, I, I understand that that might be the case. And, you know, like, I've, I've talked a lot about the dangers of speaking in absolutes in, in sports, even though I've done that a few times in this uh, the show already. But I've talked a lot about the danger of, of speaking in absolutes. This idea that, ah, Deshaun's never going to be the same player, that might be true, but I don't know how you can say it after one week. Maybe we should maybe we should reserve that level of cynicism until we get through the next six games, or the next five games, rather. Uh, Emily on Twitter, sending to at Nick Wilson says, where you guys can follow me if you wanted to, are, are you confident that the special teams and defense can have another amazing game like last week? I'm not. Imagine last week's game without those performances. That's 100% fair to say. I would also say... I don't have to imagine it because it didn't happen, right? Like, I I totally get that the idea that they're going to do the exact same thing this week that they did against the Texans is a little far-fetched. You know what I'd also say? If there's any team I believe the defense might be able to duplicate that performance against, it's this team because they've consistently done it. This team has consistently been able to generate pressure to Joe Burrow. And on top of this, one of the biggest factors in their ability to completely dust Zach Taylor's Bengals, and again, he's 1-6 against them, one of the biggest reasons is because they've been, this defense has consistently generated turnovers and pressure on, on Joe Burrow. So I don't know that they can replicate it exactly because, I mean, the Texans are just so awful, and Kyle Allen is barely an NFL quarterback. 
but they kind of have done that already four weeks ago. Dave, welcome to the show, buddy. What you got for us? Hey, uh, listen, um, I guess I, I really don't want to join the Rose Colored Glasses Club. First of all, they're nice. Uh, the, they're Gucci. Do you, the Browns, do you think the Browns really have a chance Sunday? Look, the Bengals smell blood in the water. They, 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 they can really establish a divisional win here. Uh, they got their full horse, horses back on, on the receiving end, which is going to be a nightmare for our defense. Let's just be honest. Our job is to get Deshaun and figure out, do we have a quarterback in this guy? Forget about winning because it's not going to happen. And, and finally get this master mindset here with, with the Browns to see what we can do to compete next year. Let's just call us. Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, Christina Perry. At the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com. Dave, I mean, this is where Dave, we're at. Dave, let me ask you: Are you okay? Are you in a safe place? We, we, yeah. are, we healthy emotionally? I just, I just, you just seem seem like in a bad spot. I just worry about you, Dave. All right, from one guy to another, it's okay. Men can talk about their feelings and emotions. Um, I, I just don't get it. I just don't like one. Jamar Chase has not been Jamar Chase against the Browns in his career to the point. He's not. I mean, there have been games where he's taken over. He hasn't really done that. I mean, even Joe Burrow's numbers are padded by the fact that he's played from behind in a lot of these games. If you go back and actually watch the tape, he's played like doo-doo. So this, it's, it's less about you have to believe what I believe. It's totally okay to say they might not win or, or I don't think they're going to win. But to say they don't have a chance when this is a team that they've owned. And it's funny because... You know, when people talk about the Bengals owning uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes and and being able to beat the best quarterback in the game with the best head coach in the game, everybody goes, well, that's real. That's a real thing. But when the Cleveland Browns own the Cincinnati Bengals, those same people are like, I mean, how real? That's uh, that's maybe an overrated idea. I disagree. Yeah, it's funny. Like, in my head, I'm like, ah, Kevin Stefanski's good against the uh, AFC North. I believe, if my math serves me correct, carry the two, he is 10-9 and nine in uh, almost three full seasons in the AFC North. Now, in fairness, it's a lot better than a lot of the coaches we saw the decade before. So compared to Brown's recent coaching history, 10-9 and nine in the AFC North as a head coach is basically like your Vince Lombardi. Unfortunately, it, it beating the Bengals twice is a chore. But yeah, we had somebody, I think it was Jay, on Twitter saying, well, the Bengals are hot. Okay. Team, like, the, the Miami Dolphins were the hottest team in the NFL. They went in, uh, to, they went and faced San Francisco. And, oh, by the way, San Francisco lost their starting quarterback early in that game, and San Francisco still dusted them. Now, is San Francisco a better team than the Browns are? Yes. Yes, outside of the quarterback position, San Francisco is is much better, and, and maybe not. May, I don't know if they're more talented because that's kind of a subjective thing. But I, they have played better, and that defense has been more trustworthy for San Francisco. But the idea that the Bengals have been red hot, so that nah, the Browns don't really have a chance here. I, 
It just doesn't carry water for me. This still is a divisional game. The Browns have shown you that they will get up to play Joe Burrow, that they don't like Joe Burrow. The question I want to ask you guys here before we take a call or two is, if if this game comes down to Deshaun Watson winning you the game, that means a game-winning drive. That means uh, having a good enough game. We're talking 250 yards, three, two touchdowns. If this game ends up being dictated, the outcome is dictated on his performance. Do you think that are you are you confident that he can help get the win? Two one six five seven eight double oh nine two. Nick, welcome to the show, buddy. What you got for us? Hey, what's up, guy? Um yeah, I'm definitely confident. You know, I think it's kind of ridiculous that people think or they're just going to assume that Watson's no longer going to be good again. I mean, look at all this talent too. Let's just not talk about his stats. I mean, the guy's got speed, speed kills. I mean, He's got more height than all the Browns quarterback in the past. And this is that was his first game back. I mean, and he didn't even have – he had very, very limited time with those players, and he's not used to the playbook. I mean, you know, this is going to come with time, and I think it's going he's going to get better game by game. But, yeah, I think he can um, definitely win us a game. I don't know when. It might He might still be showing a lot of rust next um, this Sunday, but hopefully that's not the case. Yeah, I think I think you point uh, you point out something that I think is really intriguing to me, and I thank you for the call. I don't view Deshaun Watson coming off the Texans game his on field performance as positive or negative. I'm not looking for vintage Deshaun on Sunday. If the Browns need vintage Deshaun on Sunday, they are going to lose. That that should be the expectation. But I think if you go back to the way Jacoby Brissett was able to play on Monday Night Football. Because the Browns ran the the ball with authority, because Kevin Stefanski showed up to that game deciding he was going to run the ball, it took a lot of pressure off of Jacoby Brissett. And you have a wrinkle now that you didn't have then. Like I, We had a caller um, who I wanted to make sure he was in a safe place because he seemed like he was in a really dark place emotionally. I was worried about him. I believe his name was Dave. I don't know. That was like 15 minutes ago. I can barely remember like two seconds ago. I'm like Dory from Finding Nemo anymore. It's what happens when you live in a house with four women and three of them are small children. I just, I'm living moment to moment. But the idea of Deshaun Watson. For, yes, Jamar Chase is back. Yes, DJ Reader is back. And yes, Deshaun Watson and the threat of Deshaun Watson is going to be a challenge for the Bengals' defense. because, And I really hope, not only do I, I think we're going to see a steady dose of RPO that should help uh, that, that should help make it really impossible for Lou Anarumo just to load up eight guys in the box and bottle up Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Not only do I want RPO, give me that. I, I'm just using this phrase because I, I heard it once uh, to describe a, a similar package in um, Carolina, 21 ponies. Give me two lead backs. Give me Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb, and Deshaun Watson in the same backfield. And I know I know Kevin Stefanski has those plays. I know he has those RPOs. You don't even have to do it too often. You just do it once or twice. And the Cincinnati Bengals, you, you make a couple plays out of that package, the Cincinnati Bengals defense, which is better than they were a couple weeks ago. I still don't think they're the 49ers. I still don't think they're a truly, truly great and transcendent defense. Mike, welcome to the show, buddy. What you got for us? 
Hey, you know, it's, I was saying it's funny how the same ones who were calling in early in the year talking about the season was over then because Brissett was just so bad he's not going to get it. And they only have to call back later and talk about, oh, well, he's playing really well. Now they want the Brissett in um, because Watson had one bad game. It's like it's just, it's just ridiculous. I mean, this guy's going to get better at each game go, and we've beaten this team. This team has confidence when they play this team because they know they, they, they can beat them. They know they match up well. Match up makes fights. This team matches up well because of their corners and Miles Garrett's ability to get to Joe Burrow. Now you're going to throw in Watson with a new element. This team is going to be fine. Of course they got a chance to win as long as the defense plays their part like they've always played in these matchups. The Halloween game, the Bengals was on the winning streak when they came in for Halloween, and everybody was talking about, oh, they got their swagger back. Only to lose to Brissett so in the same fashion because the defense played well and Brissett didn't lose the game. That's all we need Watson to do is to not lose the game and let the defense do what they've always done, play well against this team. Mike, I appreciate it, buddy. Thanks for the call. Um, I don't know if you're expecting the formula from that first game to, to kind of directly kind of transfer to this one. I don't know that gets it done. Just because Jacoby was able, a big reason why Jacoby was able to, to, to kind of take a back seat and it was all about Chubb and Hunt was you were able to get up early in that first half. So that helped you. This might be more of a dogfight. Like I'm, I you know, in the same way that I'm expecting the Browns have a chance, I do give the Bengals a real chance to win this game. Um, but man, I so to me, it's about can the defense play eighty percent of the way they played against the Bengals uh, the first time, and can you get twenty to twenty five percent better Deshaun Watson? That's still, guys, that's probably right around league average, but. His playmaking ability, which, you know, I've I've mentioned the ground game side of this, even that improvisational ability, that's going to put such a stress on the Bengals' defense that if if you can just make a couple plays, doesn't have to be great. If you can just, the numbers can look, you know, still not good enough for our expectations, but if Deshaun can go out there, I, I think I've said six plays. Six plays where they're either improvisational plays, set runs, or big throws. If he can just make six big plays across four quarters, I think the Browns, plus that defensive performance, have a good chance here. Nate, welcome to the show, buddy. What you got for us? Thank you. Um, Hey, I just want to chime in quickly on Deshaun Watson. You know, when I think about him coming back from the almost two-year hiatus, I think about Michael Vick. Michael Vick was out of football for two full years, and he came back and he dominated with the Eagles. So I think that Deshaun Watson can very well regain his abilities. Yeah, I, I think he can. So my point earlier, and thank you for the call, my point is not that I don't think Deshaun will. My point is I don't know what that timetable looks like, and you know what? I don't think the Browns do either. I, I think – I don't buy the idea. Listen, I think the best way to get fans excited about next year is if Deshaun shakes off all the rust and balls out over the final five games of this year. Even if it's only the final three games of this year. If Deshaun looks like vintage Deshaun for any significant amount of time this year, it is going to drive excitement through the roof for next year. And then we'll all just chalk this one up to, yeah, you only had six games of him, right? But that is an assumption. We're assuming that can happen. 
It might take longer. It might, guys, he might go out against Cincinnati this weekend and he might ball out. I, I think it's funny that everybody just says, well, I don't know what Deshaun can do, but the inference is negative. I don't know what Deshaun can do, either positively or negative, negatively from here. And I don't know when we'll get vintage Deshaun. I don't think you'll need him to win this weekend. If you do, I don't think you will win. But I think if you can get 25% better Deshaun from last week, I think you'll have a real chance to win. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion.